Hi, I'm Sanera Madani, and I'm a mom of two, a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a billion dollar business. Yes, a billion dollar business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit 1 million in revenue. And I became obsessed on a mission to change that. I believe that there is so much gatekeeping in business knowledge and that we as female entrepreneurs should be learning from other female founders and leaders who have broken the statistics. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way, but you shouldn't have to, because we believe that you deserve to have it all. And honestly, nothing bad happens when women make more money. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. AI is eating the web as we speak. And what that means for business leaders is this. The time to embrace AI technology is now. Because for people like us, automation helps us do more with less while continuing to meet and exceed business expectations. It's basically magic. If you haven't tried HubSpot's new AI features, you should do that. Content Assistant and ChatSpot are two brand new tools that will immediately save you and your team time. HubSpot's features run on ChatGPT's tech to help you make compelling content and manage your CRM way faster than before. We're talking ad copy, data analytics, workflow automations, all with a chat command. So work smarter, not harder, and head to hubspot.com artificial intelligence to learn more about using AI to streamline your marketing, sales, and customer service ops. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanira Madani, and today I have something so special <laughs> lined up for you. I am going to be interviewing my co-founder, my brother, Sal Ramatula. And for those that don't know, I think everybody knows. If you've been listening to this podcast for the last three years, you've been following me on Instagram for the last decade, watching my journey at Stacks and everything else, you know that... My brother is my best friend. He's my co-founder. He's my business partner. Uh, and he's the world's greatest brother and uncle. And I'm just super excited to have him today um, on the show. And we have so many things lined up for all of you because I did an AMA or like a question yesterday on Instagram to let the audience know, okay, I'm finally having Sal on. <laughs> what are the things that you want to know? And you guys oh, Lord. came, yeah, you, you, you came through and you flooded my Instagram DMs with the best questions about business, about scaling to, you know, building a billion dollar business together, all the things on business. But also, Sal, they completely flooded um, on a lot of really fun personal questions and a lot of uh, some some awesome shit talking questions. So (laughs) today we're going to do this episode in two parts because there is so much to cover. And I guarantee you're going to laugh. You may cry. You may pee your pants a little bit, but you will definitely learn uh, a ton because I learn every single day from my Uh, mentor, Sal. So Sal, officially welcome to CO School. Thank you. It's actually a pleasure to be here. I know this journey's been- Is it really though? (laughs) It is. It's like multiple years of you doing this from just like passion project early on to continuing to grow it to the passion that you continue to exude. And um, I've always wondered if I would I would get asked. I was like, oh, will she ever ask me to do it? And I know Aww. you've in the background told me to do it. But uh, it's a privilege to be here. Really excited to meet all the other entrepreneurs that are out there and that continue to see, listen along with Sanira, have shared our journey, our passion. Um, I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, 
Sanira is massively passionate about this community, cares very, very much about each and every single one of you. It doesn't go without a day that she's like, oh, let me tell you this story about this entrepreneur I met today or this person that was on my podcast today. Uh, it is something that is on our dinner table, our breakfast and our coffee rides. Um, it is something that she truly, um, you know, really exudes and continues to talk about on a daily basis. Oh, I love that. I really do. I love all of you. And Sal has been there from day one for CEO school, but also from day one through it all. And so I would love yeah. for, I didn't do, I usually do, Sal, when I have a guest on, I yep. do this like big bio introduction. Okay. Okay. And there's so much that I could say about you from uh, all of the accolades and the awards and entrepreneur of the year and every list from fortunes to fast company to every article about you as a leader in fintech, a leader yep. in scaling businesses, uh, such a young leader at that, just true trailblazer. Um, but I would like for you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself, a little bit about sure. your background, um, and tell us how, like, tell us about your entrepreneurial journey, Sal. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was born in Dallas, Texas, huge cowboy fan, Maverick fan. Um, you know, Sinir and I are two years apart for anybody that did not know that. Um, I am the younger sibling of the two. Uh, and so that will continue to play a story in uh, our lives as it continuously has. Um, but we bounce around a lot. So uh, we went to 10 schools in t 12 years. Um, and it was truly from my father, who is a serial entrepreneur. Uh, we owned everything under the sun from convenience stores to pizza parlors to nightclubs uh, to travel agencies and marketing agencies. So it really was a passion for him to build. Uh, and it's something that I'd say that is truly ingrained in Sanir and I um, of just having this concept, what he called the it factor of building. Um, so yeah, so I was born in Dallas, Texas. As I mentioned, we bounced around a lot, uh, ended up in Florida. So Sanir and I, um, being two years apart, we went to almost every single school together with maybe small breaks in between of a year or two where we're not in middle school together or high school together. Um, and I always remember, uh, I was always like the little brother that was always got to, you know, be with my sister in the car and was always with the older friends. Um, because for anybody that's a younger sibling, you always attach yourself to the eldest and you can That wasn't by my choice, by the way. <laughs> it when we wasn't were my choice. Um, it was my parents, but like, now you have a car, now your brother goes everywhere with you. And, and that is true. And there's, there's plenty of good stories in that one. But yeah, so we, I ended up going to, um, to high school in Orlando, Florida. Um, we graduated and lo and behold, Sanira was going to University of Florida. So where do I pick to go? University <laughs> of Florida. Um, so it was one, because it was close and two, because she had a car so we can commute back and forth. Um, ended up going to UF. And I ended up wanting to graduate early. And that story really just starts with the fact that we grew up in an entrepreneurial world and I wanted to build something. So I didn't want a corporate job. Um, I took an entrepreneurship class. And one of the things as part of the project was build a business, build a concept. And so one of the things that we came up with was, you know, every 19 year old's dream was <laughs> how do you incorporate <laughs> alcohol into a concept? And so the idea- Because those are priorities. Uh, these are priorities. Yeah. And, and the idea was to create a burger concept that was burgers themed after alcoholic beverages. Okay. But not just themed after alcoholic beverages, we wanted to sell alcohol in 
the mall. But when he's saying we, I was not part of that oh, it's good part point. of it. So I was in school trying to sell. Was it becoming a, a dentist? Yeah. So that's the other point that I will I will tell you that Sanira has this huge like great following and entrepreneurship and building, but that wasn't her journey in the beginning. And <laughs> oh. I'm happy to double click into a lot of yeah. the things that, that Sanira was. I was actually the first person that wanted to be an entrepreneur. Sanira wanted true. nothing to do with it. Nope. She, she actually wanted to be a dentist started the so University true. of Florida as going to become a dentist. And I actually wanted, I was a poli sci major wanting to be a senator. So like, <laughs> just to tell you the concept hey, of where we the, started. You know, we're not done yet. We're still we're really young. So. I don't know about senator now. Yeah. We, we go bigger president. than that. There we go. We go bigger. Sell for president. I'm happy to be Veep. You know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll trade rules. Um, but yeah, so when we say we, it's actually myself and Faisal Madani, <laughs> yeah. who many of you may know if you continue to listen to Sanira, uh, which is her husband, not at the time, by the way. Um, well, I got to pause you for a second because yeah. I think people need to know some context here. Yeah. So childhood, we grew up, it was crazy. Our parents were entrepreneurs. They were immigrant. Uh, yep. So, you know, entrepreneurship. So I kind of want to paint that picture as well because it wasn't the sexy kind of entrepreneurship. Yep. It was, I mean, we were working as a family. Um, I didn't want to become an entrepreneur because I saw that burden personally of like what mom and dad always went through, yep. bringing the stress home. And we lived this, you know, we were always like this middle class family. And there were moments that we had some massive successes and like yeah. the highs were super high and then the lows were super low. And then we'd like move back into like a tiny, like two bedroom apartment. Yeah. And for me, that level of, um, I just didn't find that consistency. Yeah. And that's why we moved around so much too, is my father was an incredible builder. And I say that with like, you know, he he had the most amazing knack for business, but he also had entrepreneurial ADHD, which I think yep. we, we also have as we well. So we definitely have, I know I definitely have that. Yep. And you will tell me that every day. And I changed my mind on things so quickly. Um, and he had that as well. I think we get all of those qualities from, you know, we, we are, apples don't fall far from the tree. And so I did want to kind of paint that picture yeah. of like, there was this life that we had that was exciting and, but it was hard at the same time and not hard in a sense of, I love our childhood. Like, I yep. think that if people ask all the time, like what has made me so successful, I always say it's my family. It's the values that we live by. And we just grew up in this mind. We had so much, like we didn't need everything, but we had everything in the world. And our father and our mom, like our parents both were all about, like we traveled, you know, even like uh, vacationing, like taking time away, like was important. Um, spending time having dinner as a family was important. Like all of these things, like although they, we live this like crazy life, I, the stability in the family was super stable. Yeah. I mean, look, I can spend an hour just talking about yeah. our childhood in a non-work manner in yeah. any way, shape or form. And to Sanira's point, when we talk about where entrepreneurship came from and going back to the why she wanted to be a dentist, the story she's referring to is, you know, we we moved to Karachi, Pakistan. Um, we lived in a five-story home, went to Cambridge Preparatory School, had a driver, everything you can probably stereotypically think of, to going from that to moving back to Dallas, Texas in a two-bedroom apartment with five of us while my dad delivered pizza for a place called Pizza Inn. So when we talk about going from highs and lows, there was just a lot of inconsistency um, you know, and a lot of lessons that we learned along the way from that, that came from, 
you know, the hardships that our parents faced. And a lot of times it was being too aggressive in some areas where we double, triple down that didn't work out. Uh, and then it was also fundamentally understanding that you were the person that was going to solve the problem. And my dad always stepped up to work himself out of each situation to continue to rise above it. And so um, I, I will just give a, a uh, I kind of just like I had a moment right now. I just want to say I feel like dad's here, like with us both today right now. Um, and I would say that the hard work piece, that's like the one thing I would say that we were never like that is the biggest lesson that I feel like I took away from our childhood is that family is the most important thing. Like you will solve all problems together and whatever it is, like you don't need everything, but you will solve it together. And that hard work is the shortcut. Like Absolutely. that is the number one lesson is that you can will your way out of any situation. So it didn't matter what it was. And you, you know, I would say dad always pushed us to dream really, really big, yep. really big. Like anytime we came back with anything. And that's one of the reasons like, I would say that he was probably the most inspiring entrepreneur that, that I knew. People would look at him to be like, you're crazy for doing <laughs> yeah. all of this stuff yeah. that he did. Like who owns like from, 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 you know, delivering those pizzas to owning the pizza chain yep. to then like moving us to Orlando to when we moved to Karachi, right? He actually, we moved to Karachi because he became a millionaire. Like that was like his dream was like when he had a million dollars in his bank account, that was like his immigrant dream. He was going to move his kids back to Homeland yep. and teach them like values and his culture. And like he was like not about wanting to be here. Yeah, which we did. We speak the language yeah. and read, write. But that was, that was the biggest thing that I would say is that our work ethic, like every Saturday, like we weren't, we didn't have a normal, what like normal American, um, like teenage life, like we were doing payroll at 15. Yep. We were going to Sam's Club. Like yeah, we, you... we had a weekly routine, like Wednesdays for anybody that you know knows, like basically think of CC's Pizza. We basically owned one. On Wednesdays, we had to go to Sam's Club. We had to purchase all of the ingredients for the week. Fridays, we would go through all of the places we owned, sign actual payroll checks because at the time it was like physical physical checks, payroll yeah. checks and then on saturdays we would do quickbooks and so saturdays were spent reconciling kpis and i'm sure if anybody listens to sneer's podcast you hear her talk about metrics mattering and managing your business and making sure that you understand where these things are coming from they were ingrained in us since we were 15 16 17 years old um, but it did come with perseverance it did come with continuous yeah. effort um, which allowed us to rebuild it. And so, you know, that that story uh, sort of definitely resonates. And that's where the entrepreneurship journey for me did start. Yeah. And so so let's where... talk. So, so I just, I appreciate us yeah. kind of going back because I did want to paint, you know, we didn't have that that privileged life, um, yeah. but we had a lot of fun. And we, we, you know, people ask us all the time, like, why, how do we work together? It's like, we actually don't know anything else. <laughs> yeah. like that's probably true. I haven't thought about it in that perspective. That's what I always say. I was like, I don't know anything else. I've always worked with you. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, we've had our journeys and continuing down mine. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, so we started Burger Bar. Um, I'm going to rewind back. Okay. So yeah. in college. Okay. So I'm yep. going to be a dentist and then you're in, you know, Entrepreneurship Academy at UF. Yeah. So, so I wanted to start this burger restaurant and my dad, if anybody is an immigrant, you know that education is at the highest level for any immigrant that comes to the, the United States specifically, let alone in the world. And so the one rule and regulation was you have to graduate college. Like it was a non-starter. 
And the deal was made that the first bank of dad will sponsor uh, what this concept of Burger Bar was, but I had to finish college. But you were like 19 years old in your sophomore year. So I actually graduated college when I was 19. Um, so I sprinted through the University of Florida. I sprinted so quickly, actually, going back to that Sinner's two years older than me, that my last year, because my lease was still there for my apartment in Gainesville, that Sanira actually had to move into my apartment and live with my three guy roommates. Sophomore fucking roommates <laughs> that I had to, I literally as a senior, I lived with three smelly 19 year old boys because you had a year left on your lease and mom and dad were like, well, there didn't, it didn't make sense for me to go renew a lease and we couldn't find a sublet. Yep. So yes, I was living with three boys and yes. it was awful because Sal graduated before I did. And so that's sort of a- uh, Thank you for reminding me of that. I'm yeah. gonna write that one down. Yeah, so we, we sprinted through. And that's where, you know, dad stepped up and we started the burger bar. The concept was burgers themed after alcoholic beverages. So think a dirty martini burger having blue cheese and black olives on it. Think a mojito burger being made with like chipotle orange sauce. And um, we actually got Simon Property, which is a large property group around the United States that owns probably over 100 malls to give us an exclusive license to sell alcohol. So this is like, holy grail, how did we pull this off? How did you pull that off? Like think about, so you and Faisal. So yeah. Faisal and I had started dating my senior year of college. We met in we met in Miami and um, at a, I was at an internship, but we met in Miami. I introduced Sal, like, to, like Sal and Faisal met, they hit it off and then Faisal had already graduated. He also went to UF, but he had graduated a couple of years prior. And when you had the idea of Burger Bar, yeah. you were like, hey, let's do this business concept together. And yeah. he was all in. And so actually, I wasn't the first person to start the business in the family. It was actually Faisal and Sal that started this burger business. And yeah. Your vision was to create this as a franchise. But at 19 years old, you, you can't even legally drink alcohol yet. Correct. But you convinced Simon Properties, which is one of the largest owners of all of the like all these major malls. Yep to give you the first license to sell beer and alcohol. Yep. How do you, you know, how, like how do you go about getting a company so large? Like how did you end up even getting a deal like that? Like how yeah. did that even happen? You know, I, I think um, I think the way you phrase the question is a perfect way that people's mindsets are is they look at this as like this big, hairy, audacious yeah. goal and they're like, they automatically psych themselves of not being able to do it. True. Right? And it's so it's I do like, that all the time. And you're just sitting there being yeah. like, well, I'll never be able to get to X or I'll never be able to get to Y. Let or me start. sign this big, big, you know, target deal or sign this big, whatever the, whatever the big hairy partnership is. If you're innovative and driving something that you're passionate about, people listen. It's simple as that. Ooh. And, and the other thing that I would say is. People, say that again. I don't even remember what I if said. If you're it's innovative fine. and passionate about what you do people will listen people will listen um that is true and and when people listen the other thing that i've learned along the way is that people like to help people it's as simple as that if you can be exhilarating likable kind you will start to see that naturally people around you will want to help you and see you win like in this world at least the people that are around us i would say are people that are our biggest cheerleaders. Are there a few haters out there? Of course there are. They just exist in this world. And we've just been blessed with having so many people around us that have always pushed us for the next big thing. And so when I was doing this, we met um, 
I think it's called Performance Food Group, PFG, which was a contact of dad's because we owned all those convenience stores, all those other yeah. things that they support. And so, so it's still connection. It was connection. Okay, because that's important because then I'm going to ask you something. I have yeah. questions about people that don't have connections. Like, yep. how to, Okay, so it was still through a connection that you had. Yeah, so I say this where we got invited to a networking event. Okay. So I, he didn't know Sign Property. He didn't like put two hands together, but we got invited to an area where all of these mall franchises exist. Okay. So it was just one event that you were invited to. Correct. In Orlando. And that's where we got to meet um, one of the VPs of Simon Property. And we pitched them this concept. And they're like, you know what? We are looking for somebody to bring out. It was Fortuitous timing is oh the way God, I would say serendipitous. It. And so they gave us the state or they gave us Central Florida first with the ability to go across. Okay. I love yeah. this. I got to pause here for a second because there's a couple of lessons here. One is you got yourself in the room. You figured yep. it out. You got yourself in the room. And it was in person. Like yep. people, like business is people, like no matter what. Huge so believer. Like that is how it works. And that's the one thing I talk about all the time is I'm super scared about our like future in business and our future of how our world is operating because connection matters. And like you didn't give that pitch over, you know, a conference call or a video thing. Like you were in person. You happened to catch him at the right place, right time yep. through a connection. Through mm -hmm. a connection, you were invited, but that was it. Yep. And you had the guts to go put yourself out there yep. to share your story, to share your vision. And at that time, that person happened to say was like one of the highest ups and said, I actually really like that. I'm looking for that. Yep. And and that was the beginning of the story. And we built our first restaurant in three months, um, which nobody said we could do. Something that if you if you met either Sunir and I, we are speedy individuals when it comes to execution. And we love when people tell us we can't do something in some time frame. We're like, OK, great. Thank you. And By the way, I've never been speedy though. So Sal was always super speedy, yep. super speedy. I mean, my mom will tell you stories of like, he like didn't even walk and he ran. Like it's literally <laughs> like the story of our lives. And I also wonder, it's like parents in the room, like is it, was I really that way? Or did my parents condition me and told me that I was a slower one and that he was a fast one. Therefore he was always fast and I was always taking my time. Like, huh. like, cause I see that with Mila and Anna cause Mila and Anna are so different. Yep. And, and I'm like, if we say Mila is sensitive, like all the time, then is she actually sensitive or is she like, yeah, I'm the sensitive one. So no, it's she's okay. Sensitive. Let's, <laughs> she's sensitive. Let's get it out of the way. Mila is a sensitive one. Anna is lover to death, is the, the fun, wild one for okay. what I'll call it. Okay. But okay. Yeah. yeah. So growing up, he was always like, again, he graduated college at the same time that I did. Yeah. But I was always like, take my time on things. I was always very oddly analytical. I was not the risk taker. And I look at myself now and I'm completely different in the second half of like my life than I was in the first half of my life. And I think, you know, you also in part of like when you work together, you spend a lot of time like you are the company you keep. Yeah. And so I do think that now I have learned to be very quick, impatient, like all those qualities. Yeah. But I think it came from like just hanging out with you every day for the last and 15 I, years of and work And I'd too. say the same thing for myself. I'm probably more thoughtful, patient. Yeah. And, you I know, agree. And different agree. leader than I am today I because agree. of the same sort of um, areas. Okay. So but you're yeah. quick. So you get this restaurant up and th running in three months. Get up and running. We opened on Black Friday. So imagine being in a mall when people still used to go to malls. Amazon wasn't fully blown up to the point where everything shows up at your doorstep. And it was awesome. It was um, legitimately flipping burgers, making French fries, 
Um, Faisal and I used to have these bets of who could upsell the most on a single order because um, we were just naturally born salespeople. And so we, mm. um, we, we, we went at this journey um, Were you a really natural born salesperson? Because I want to like, I actually think that that's a myth. I think I'm very competitive. Okay. And I think competitiveness does come from a, I believe it starts in a youthful experience, whether you play sports, okay. environment, we can talk about that in a psychological way, but I was always competitive. Yeah. And so I think sales is one of those areas where competition you there's a scoreboard and you're instantly rewarded yeah and so when you get to see that and that feeling i think that's what sort of sparks that all right continuous continuous moment but yeah we did it um you know i spent a lot of time on this one but we learned a lot right uh, i was 18 months of doing it um it didn't work out we both Faisal and i probably made 55 grand combined over two years um and I remember the the aha moment of, hey, man, we got to do something different. It was actually Valentine's I Day. I hate this story. It makes me uh, literally cry. I hate, had, to, I hate this story. I'm going to get emotional. We had 660 bucks probably to our name total. And he'd probably been dating Sanira now for about two years, I want to say. Um, I, I had a girlfriend at the time and only one of us could purchase a Valentine's Day gift. And so he got to purchase it. It was my sister. So it was kind of a win-win. But... Um, so he bought her a necklace for like $580 or whatever it was, but that was the original piece. That was piece. all their money. That was all her money. I um, hate, I, I learned about the story later. Like I didn't know at that yeah. time of that story, but that just like kind of takes you back to like how hard entrepreneurship is. Like, although yeah. everything is going as like great as it can, you have all the wins, you have all the, you have momentum, you had all the things, but like it wasn't translating like your mall like was market fit wasn't there yeah yeah i mean we what we learned was um people actually didn't drink in the malls um one a lot of people shop during the daytime maybe people just don't want to drink during the daytime um and what we were the product that we were bringing even though we thought it was cool the market really just didn't want to and if they did they had a drink right so it wasn't like this concept of a bar when you're there and people sit there for 30 40 minutes or for a couple hours um so as much as we had a great product mall rents are expensive people management in anybody that's in hospitality good for you i think it's one of the hardest industries that exist in the market that's out there um and to this day i count it as my mba i think i learned more from that experience that's probably translated to where we are today than any other experience that I had because um, you just had to grind it out. Every day you talk about cash flow, how are you going to pay your people, managing inventory, trying to get creative on marketing and new sales. I mean, we tried everything. This is the days where Groupons were out, value packs inside of a piece of market. Like when you start to think about Google advertising was just getting started in terms of like, they're the first time like pictures had shown up on Google Maps for your piece. Like we had to create reviews. Yeah, like you had none of that. None of this stuff. So all this stuff was coming and we tried to stay in front of it. Um, but yeah, we, we had a great product, great concept, but we were just, the market fit wasn't there. But and, it wasn't uh, a failure. So I, I love how you, you know, say that that is your MBA. And I would say for, and for those like at this time frame, I love how deep we're going in this. This, this really gets me emotional because at that time we're all actually living 
um, all under like mom's yeah. house. Like we were all together. We all had separate bedrooms. Uh, we were all living literally in my parents' house. Yep. At that time, at the same time frame, I had also graduated and I was working um, a corporate. I was the only one with a corporate job at the time. Yep. And you know, I was starting on the side to sell payment terminals like out of my, so I was side hustling credit card processing on the side Correct. while I had a corporate job. And so I was the only one with actual beer money yep. out of the group. Um, but we like, we literally came, like we literally started from the bottom Yeah. and now you're here, we're here. Like now yeah. we're here. And so this is definitely like, it didn't, it didn't just happen. Um, this was now like what? over 15 years ago, 16 years ago now. Um, And it's amazing that we've gotten to like build our life from what that was to not being able to afford, you know, what we couldn't afford to here we are. Um, It's really incredible. I just want to tell you I love you and I'm just having a a (laughs) moment here. And I kind of wish Faisal was here now uh, too to hear his side of it. But it is all those journeys that shape you, right? And so. Hey, everyone. It's Sanira here. CEO School is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. We are part of a family of shows designed to help professionals listen, learn, and grow by providing access to the world's leading B2B podcasts like Techish, hosted by Abadesi and Michael, a podcast by two millennials talking about all things tech, pop culture, and life. I recently enjoyed listening to Michael and Abadesi dive into Frenemies cloning your tech product. Is joining a startup even worth it? the Sunday Times, 35 Richest Under 35, and they even talked about the end of secession. It was quite the enjoyable episode. So listen to Techish wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm so glad you're here and enjoying the CEO School podcast. If you're tuning in, chances are that you are an entrepreneur looking for accessible knowledge, resources, and guidance to help you scale to your next level. Well, look no more. Here's the thing. Entrepreneurship is a lonely road and quality mentorship is especially scarce especially as a female founder. That's why I'm so excited to share the CEO collective with you. The number one platform for entrepreneurs who want to scale by the CEO school, no matter what stage you're at, we meet you there and have the exact tools and resources that you need to finally reach your next level. Learn exactly how we can support you and your business at the slash collective. I used to coach basketball at the Jewish Community Center for 10 and 12-year-old girls. So going back to network. But you're not Jewish and you're not a girl. Uh, Yeah, but hey, you (laughs) give back where you can. I love it. Uh, And I met, um, once again, how you meet people, be out there. I'm just telling you, the more and more hands you shake, the more things you say yes to. You don't know where opportunities come from, but continue to put yourself in positions. Um, I met a vice president of Morgan Stanley that ended up offering me a job. And what did you go to school for? Entrepreneurship and finance. Finance, yeah. yeah. And so I ended up getting a job in equity research and private wealth management. Um, so I started working at Morgan Stanley, completely pivoted out of the entrepreneur world. Um, and I killed it. It was two years. Um, it was something that I was really, really good at. Uh, I was probably one, I think I have probably still the youngest like rising star award at, at Morgan Stanley. Um, and... As much as I loved it, I was actually learning nothing. And so I remember um, I, I was I was making north of 200 grand probably, and I'm 22 maybe. Um, and 
I felt like I needed to either go get my MBA or continue to do something. And I got introduced to this concept called consulting. So consulting, people were like, hey, Sal, it seems like you just get bored a lot. Um, and so maybe we find something that's project-based or something that continuously inspires you. And that's where I got introduced to consulting. Um, and so I started applying for jobs in consulting companies. And I landed one specifically in New York City. Uh, it was paying me 88 grand. So now, once again, I'm going from 200 grand, I take a pay cut by north of 50%. And I called my dad, um, and my dad was like, is that what you want to do? I was like, yeah, I think so. He's like, great, go do it. And like, there was no hesitation of like, are you being stupid, leaving so much money on the table? Are you we never talked about, about money in that way. Money was never like, I feel like I don't, I feel like we're very like, our naivete on money has actually made us so much money. Like, we never yeah. think about, like, I don't know, we always grew up or on never, ha like, Never talked, yeah, just a super abundance mindset. Like it was like, forget it. We'll just if that's what you want to do. Go do it. Like we'll money is just gonna come. Like it yeah. was never a thing that money is not going to be there. Yeah, no, I I agree. And you know, the, in retrospect, there's probably some thoughts and decisions <laughs> that should be there. Um, <laughs> and and things have worked out for us, so it's not always the case. And I think for anybody that's listening, like you should definitely. But it was definitely that abundance, situation. that yes. that mindset that will you will figure it out. And do or what you, you can, love. and or you can build from that standpoint to get back yeah. to it as well, right? And yeah. so um, the consulting piece probably shaped me very well as well. So I did that for a few years. I actually got to live in over 30 countries. Um, you work for Deloitte. Work for Deloitte. I lived and doing global transformation work. Uh, this is at a time where software became re really popular. And so everybody was going from this, you know, widget transactional model to selling software. To a software. subscription model. To a subscription Ooh, model. I know where this is headed. And so that's where, um, yeah, I, you know, lived in a suitcase in every country imaginable. I worked for companies like HP, VMware, Symantec, doing just global transformation around um, the world. Yeah, I remember that time. I mean, you were on a high in your career, or you're, as soon as like you started your professional career path, you advanced very quickly from Morgan Stanley to then Deloitte. I mean, you were pretty much running the Americas, like yeah. all of Americas as like a, another young leader. You then transitioned into another software company from there, Anaplan. You were one of the earliest employees. Like you were definitely like three years into a journey, took it to the top, and then you were like, I can't learn anymore. What's next? next? Yeah. Uh, but you were always globe trotting, like living truly the like ideal twenty something year old. Like I think you spent <laughs> one year. How many nights do you like? I remember your. Well, I'm 33 now. Um, I started at Deloitte when I was 22, so 11 years. Probably if I pull up my Bonvoy account, I've stayed easily over 1600 nights in a hotel. So it's that five years, six <laughs> years in the last 11 years I've been in a hotel room. Yeah, so I've, I've definitely seen a lot of the world, um, experienced, shook in many hands and seen, what is it, Hamilton's be in the room where it happens. And yeah, so you're definitely, a, have so many, there are so many fun AMA questions on like, you really do live life to the fullest. Okay, so here you are, high of your career, running crazy shit. You have the most amazing corporate career path yep. happening. And you know, you've had, because of your consulting experience, I mean, you did specifically scaling and yep. like uh, scaling organizations from yep. HP, 
to um, Dell, to like all these like major, major software, major organizations, you came in and you helped think about transformation. Yep. You helped think about, uh, you know, technology and how to really think about the modern world and bringing, utilizing technology for scale. Yep. And not just scale from technology, it was people process as well. So mm -hmm. it was uh, profit, people, and process, which by no coincidence are my modules at Stacks, uh, at, at CEO school. Okay, so you're there running shit and then I'm back still at home. Yep. And my side hustle is actually like doing really well. And I quit my corporate job as well. So I quit my corporate job and I became full-time working in payments. And, you know, one, you know, you guys know a little bit about how my story happened, but I happened to um, just get really frustrated and tired of like how the payment industry was working. And I saw, cause I was having all these conversations, um, although Sal was living everywhere, I feel like we still had like so many dinners together cause you yep. always come home. Yep. Back to Orlando. And we were always all together when I was, you know, a lot of things happened at dinner time too. Like I feel like dinner time was like yeah. a lot of stuff I was happening. And so we would have all these com like conversations. And I feel like through that, I'm like learning of all of the stuff that's happening in the SaaS world. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like, man, this could totally be, totally be applied in our payments world and in FinTech. FinTech wasn't even a thing. There was no such thing as like, it wasn't even called FinTech. Yeah, it wasn't, didn't exist. That word did not exist. It was, um, a very outdated industry and what was taking place in software and in these large corporations, there was a need for that taking place in financial services. And I was um, in Texas, like visiting my grandma. I got stuck in a snowstorm. I watched a shit ton of Shark Tank that weekend with my like literally nine-year-old cousin. Uh, shout out to Cephali here if you're listening. Um, and we binge watched season one and two of Shark Tank. And I was like, okay, you can go raise capital for this. And it was like all of these things that happened to like, it was like this like tornado of ideas and everything coming together. And I called Sal and I'm like, dude, there's no subscription-based credit card processor. And every business in the world needs to be able to accept payments and to do it through technology because now, and I read some, it was like we were 70% cash, we were, we were like 99% cashless now. Like we were at that time about 70% cashless and this is pre-existing like Square and Stripe and Venmo and all of these technologies. And I said, I think there's gonna be something here. And so he encouraged me to get into the room and to go to my team. And I went to my, you know, bosses at the time. I changed my flight, went to Houston and pitched what I created the best business plan uh, that I could, you know, that I could do. And I was a marketing and finance major as well. And it was rejected. And by some also odd, crazy coincidence, we both happened to come home to Orlando that exact weekend and... I was frustrated and tired and I was like, I've literally pitched this. I can't get anybody to buy into this. I had no desire to be an entrepreneur. So again, this is this is old school Sunny who didn't want who wasn't taking risks, who was too afraid to bet on herself, who didn't like I didn't even see myself. Like honestly, this is why I'm such a fundamental like seeing you you can't be what you can't see. Yep. I never saw even a woman at our company. Like Every woman that worked in our organization was in customer support or was like an executive assistant. Like there was no women in leadership. Yeah. True. Like that's no, no, no. That's, that's what true. it was. Yeah. And so I didn't even have this concept of that I could even start it. Like it wasn't yeah. even a thought that was going through my mind. And I come home and the first thing that y'all looked to me and you're like, well, why don't why don't you go start a company? And 
that was the first time I think my parents and, you know, Sal and everybody was around. They're like, well, why don't you go start start the subscription? I'm like, where do I go find Mr. Visa? Like, how do I go start this? And the answer is always, I don't know, but you'll figure it out. Like, yep. go figure it out. And so I ended up moving back in. That's kind of like our safe spot is like coming back to mom's house. Yep. We, I moved back in and – you know, decided that I was going to go give this six months and timeframes were everything. And so we're pretty like, that's something that as a family, y'all are so good. I feel like this is where I learned it. it was like, oh, you want to start the bird? Okay. Three months. Here's your deadline. Like go get it done. And I just remember y'all giving me a deadline. I've been like, you have six months, go get it off the ground. And six months was November. Okay. And it's like, go get this off the ground. And there was so much that happened there, but it actually happened. And I remember calling Sal because we were on the front page of Fast Company yep. and every single thing broke. And like it, it like every single thing broke from our website to we had no we had no technology, we had no scale. So I went after this thing and I didn't really plan effectively to see like what would actually happen if it lands. And I called my brother, and this is one of the questions that everybody wanted to, to know is like, what went through your head when Sanira called you and said, Sal, I need your help. Like quit your job and come join my tiny ass startup that's not paying you anything again and move back to, I think Carlos nicely put this uh, earlier, like dingy ass Orlando for your high profile San Francisco, all of the things in your like height of your like, you know, young crazy life. What the hell was going on in your head for you to say yes yeah. to come build what has now become. Yeah. But my version's slightly different. I'll, I'll tell you why. It's okay. important. So for me, uh, I was at Anaplan, as you mentioned, one of the early, early employees there. I just got an opportunity. The company was going public. So I got to ring the New York Stock Exchange bell, et cetera. But Sanira had just been married for a year at this point. So we, uh, I was born September 2nd. She was September 21st. Her wedding's in October. And she was planning a two-week safari to go. To Africa for our honeymoon. To go to Africa. Yes. And so she asked me to take two weeks off of work to come down to – because you had just hired an employee. Yeah. You were just getting started. And you were like, hey, can you just help manage the 35 customers or 100 customers you had? Okay. I'm going to pause you here because this is going to be a two-part episode. Okay. And I think this is a great time. I don't usually do hooks. Okay. This is a great time to take a pause. Got it. And we'll see you on the other side of the episode. What do we think? I mean, this is a great part of the story in my opinion. So. <laughs> okay. Um, stay tuned for part two. Hi, I'm so glad you're here and enjoying the CEO School podcast. If you're tuning in, chances are that you're a female entrepreneur looking for accessible knowledge, resources, and guidance. Well, look no more. Here's the thing, entrepreneurship is a lonely road and quality mentorship is scarce, especially as a woman. Access to knowledge from other female founders is hard to come by. And when coaching my mentees, I keep finding that they're sitting on gold mines and simply lack a little bit of guidance for scale. That's why I had to interrupt today's show and share the CEO Collective with you. CEO Collective is the number one platform for female founders who want to scale beyond the million dollar mark. No matter what stage you're at, we meet you there and give you the exact tools and resources you need to finally reach your next level. Through mentorship, accountability, community, and education, we've helped thousands of female founders 
break the millions of revenue and beyond. Between masterclasses led by me and experts, fireside chats with stellar celebrity founders, access to subject matter experts to bust through your blockers, event-packed calendars, and more, the value of being inside of the room is quite frankly priceless. Learn exactly how we can support you and your business at thecoschool.co slash collective. Thank you for tuning into today's show. If you loved it, leave us a review. We are so proud to bring you authentic conversations, game changer expert guests, and valuable content on and offline. The best compliment you can give us is by screenshotting today's show and tagging us on Instagram at CEO School and at Sanira Madani. We are obsessed with swag, so don't be surprised if we want to send you some. Thanks for tuning into class today. And remember, nothing bad happens when women make more money.